Welcome to the Good People Podcast, where each episode we explore what it means to be good by talking to everyday heroes, philanthropists, altruists, and do-gooders. I'm Kelsey Timmerman, author of Where Am I Giving, a global venture exploring how to use your gifts and talents to make a difference. And as most of the time, I'm joined by my friend Jay Mormon. Jay, how's it going? Good, Kelsey. How are you? Good. What are we talking about today? Activism. I thought that would be a great topic for us to do, and um, um, w- w- especially in a one-on-one setting, which is how this oh, thing yeah. started, right? We don't have an inter- anybody to interview today, so Just us. I'm going to interview you. I'm going to interview you. Oh, gosh. <clears throat> have you ever, have you ever like, held a sign and like, hell no, we won't go? Have you ever done that? No, no. And I see people do it for things that I might do, and I always think, what would be enough for me to get there? Which, right, it's activism, right? What causes you to be an activist, right? So, um yeah, uh, uh, my wife and I read something a little while ago that really struck me, and this is a history of, of slavery in the United States I didn't know, probably in the amount of detail that this, uh, um, um, this article covered it, but um, when slavery was uh, legal in the United States before the Civil War, and you, you may know this already, but um, there were people against slavery, right? Obviously, there were some people, their moral compass said, okay, this is not right. You shouldn't be doing this. And there were two types of those people. There were people that said, I'm against slavery. You can have your slaves, but I'm not going to own any slaves. So just, just so you know. Libertarian. That. Yeah, more libertarian. Yeah, that's I mean, a good way to put it. Yeah. I'll say libertarians are for slavery. I'm no, no, no. Yeah, let's you not. You do you, I'll do me. Right, yeah. Whatever. But they were against slavery, but um, their, their activism in that was to not own slaves, right? Yeah. Um, and they were abolitionists. Right, which is the word that struck me. There were people that were against slavery, and they fought against slavery, and they said, not on my watch. Yeah, We're going to stop this. And I really found that to be an interesting um, uh, uh, um, line of delineation between the two. And when you, when you think about whatever your thing is uh, in the United States or in the world that you don't like now or you, you, you want to fight against – What's going to cause you to act? What's going to cause you to be an abolitionist? There has to be something that you're an abolitionist about. Um, uh, and, and so when I see some people, see people carrying signs, whether it's, uh, you know, um, you, you pick it, whatever you might see somebody picketing about, what's going to cause me to leave my house and go stand out in public and hold, make one of those things and stand up there and, and, and do it? I have not been that type of person, but I believe there, there are reasons for it. I, I've done it one time. Okay. I mean, that literally on the street, like marching around town. Right. And it was, I, I feel like it's like not necessarily like my personality. Yeah. To do, I don't it's know. It's not mine. Right. Yeah. But then again, it's like, well, if it was something that was bad enough or affected my family enough, you know, would you? If it, if it affected your kids and, um, you know, like there's locally, not to get, there's a local, like a new factory that's coming to town and it's like a heavy lead polluter. Like if that was going to be right next door you to might, your house, you might. So that that's ki- that's kind of what was related to mine. It was the a confined animal feeding operation that was going to be built out in my neck of the uh, the country, right? and it was going to affect you directly. Yeah, uh, and and it was far enough away that it pro and like um, not we weren't downwind of it, and it was like on the other side of the river mm-hmm. from us, so it wouldn't necessarily affect us directly, but. Having that one would make it much easier for another one, and who knows how close one could come yeah. to our house. So, yeah. you know, the people who live right next door to it, whose home prices 
could plummet because it still sounds like it's going to happen. Yeah. And they, they would plummet. They had wants, a direct cause to protest. Who wants to live next to that, right? right and they right. were kind of leading the charge and like getting money for uh, the, to pay the lawyers. And like, I never, I never gave any money for the lawyers, but like, I was very sympathetic to their cause. Mm-hmm. And I actually went to the courthouse and saw and the there. commissioners talk about it. And we marched before and we had signs uh-huh. and, and there was chants, and I was like, where did these people come up with these chants? They're kind of amazing. They're good. You know what I mean? Like, someone put some thought into this. Yeah. But it's almost like the close proximity has something to do with this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Literally, the closer you were to the construction of the site, the more likely you were to give money and your time right. to fight this cause. Right. right, right. Well, and there's so many different ways to do that. So you 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 went to the, the, the um, more active and public side of this, but... So I will tell you, of course, a, a cause near and dear to my heart, and it was a long, long ago, um, uh, even before I had kids, but marriage equality has been one for me that I just have zero patience for, right? And so uh, uh, even before I had kids, I, I told people that uh, marriage equality and right, rights for, um, um, well, really, as it's evolved, any sexually orient, orientation, yep. any sexual orientation, rights to be a human being and experience the same things as any other human being and, and be married and be covered by insurance and all those things really matter. And this is more than 20 years ago. This is more than right. 20 years ago. Yeah. yeah. And I would tell people then it's the civil rights of our generation, mm-hmm. right? Not that, not that the, not even that the fight for the, um, you know, for, uh, the right to vote and, um, uh, the equal rights amendment, even back, back, none of that stuff is solved even. Right. But yeah. this is the next one for us. Right. And I really feel like for the X generation X, this was something that really got hot. So outside of protests, even with friends, what do you do? Right. So I think it's pretty easy for us to watch the movie like the help and say, I wouldn't have stood for that. I wouldn't be her friend. If she said that, if she said the N word and had to have a servant and treated them that way, I wouldn't do it, but we do it right now. I have, I have friends that my oldest daughter's gay, as you, you know, I have friends that, that, don't think that she should get married. They don't think that, you know, at the, some point that, you know, she gets married, um, you know, she's late college right now that her spouse should be covered by insurance, that they should be allowed to legally be bound together. Um, and, uh, and that leads to all kinds of other things. And, you know, as Karen, and I heard this, this, uh, or read this, um, article, we sort of realized we're going to be abolitionists in that way. Mm. Right. So, as we have found out people either from, uh, um, you know, conversations or other things, um, socially that they feel this way, I'm starting to cut those people out of mm. my life. They're just not going to be there. Um, and it, it, that we've done that too, for people that I believe are pretty strong, uh, they're racists, right? Mm-hmm. So as I start to hear those things, I've been invited to people's houses. I've been, uh, you know, people reach out and want to be, um, they're gone. Yeah. I, I'm, I can't have that in my life. And so those are places that not holding signs, but we've made decisions to be abolitionists. Do you, do you have a conversation with them first? In some circumstances I have. Okay. Yeah. Others have been acquaintances. I'm like, well, I'm just not going to associate yep. there now, but you have a, a, a story in the same line because you did something years ago that when I knew you, but not really, really well that I looked up to and you had mm. some experiences with this. And today you, showed up at my house wearing your boy scout uniform, which I thought was odd at first, but I know why now. And, and so I thought you might want to tell at least the first part of that story and then go back 
years ago. Yeah, so I haven't I haven't worn my Boy Scout uniform in 22 years. It still fits. And it does still fit. I have trouble scratching my back, so at some point in time I might need you to <laughs> scratch my back a off little mic, bit. Off mic, off <laughs> mic. It could be that. What's that? A, is it ASR? AQR? A, a, ASMR? AQ, AM, that's right. We're just rubbing yeah, we mic. don't have voices okay. for that. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is the sound of, of my mic on Kelsey's back. <laughs> and this Boy Scout uniform. We're going to have to charge for that. <laughs> Yeah, so it's, it's kind of unlikely that I would be wearing um, my Boy Scout uniform. Um, I'm trying to think if I should start there or, or um, may, maybe I'll actually go back on why it's unlikely, right? Um, so I'm an, I'm an Eagle Scout. So I, you know. You was, lived and breathed it. Lived and breathed it. I mean, I, I you know, went hiking in Philmont, New Mexico with Scouts. I worked my way up through the scouting ranks, got the merit badges, loved it, loved hiking, loved outdoors. I think so much of, you know, having the confidence and independence to travel like I do around the world by myself Came. comes from Scouts. Yeah. When did you get your Eagle Scout? Uh, well, I was 18. I think, right, you have to get it before you're 18. So, like, I did with a lot of Scouts, so I was really active in it. And then as you get like a car, you start to like not get so active and you, got it. Other, you stuff, have other yeah. things happening. And you had a Trans Am. I had a Trans Am. I would just drive around my Trans Am. Yeah, we're lucky you even yeah. survived <laughs> it's probably being true. 18. It's kind of true. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, had T-tops too. Whoa. So even probably wow. more dangerous. Wow. I don't know if it made it go faster. That's impressive. <laughs> I, had a, I had a mullet. No, I didn't have a mullet. <laughs> I think I would just had a. Can we have pictures in the show notes, please? <laughs> yeah. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, so yeah, I, I got my, uh, so I got a lot of scouts, right? So we had, you know, not, I didn't come from a very diverse area, um, in terms of racial diversity or religious diversity, but there was definitely some socioeconomic diversity. Um, and, uh, when we were in a troop together, it was people from all walks of life to some extent and the lack of diversity that existed in my hometown, right. but there was some diversity, right? And we were kind of all equal and and we had uh people in there that had um uh, you know certain social uh challenges uh physical challenges and we just kind of all learned to work together so it was something that we were just accepting of one another and so that's you know the independence the looking out for one another that was my scouting experience Right. So I, you know, I get my eagle, and I'm not really involved much in scouts after after that whatsoever. And then, the, you know, the the scouts have kind of had this uh, not really outward policy until it's revealed of kind of leaving um, leaving uh, LGBTQ out of scouting. Really, just right. gay guys. Really, right. this really comes down to gay right. scout. Scouts and scout leaders. Right. And both, uh, right. Yeah. And so then as the people started to ask questions about what is the policy of this, so then the scouts started to look further into into you know, and they were have, they had to make a statement on it. And they doubled down and tripled down mm. on excluding gay scouts and gay scout leaders. Right. Right. And so then I remember this. Yeah. yeah. And then I was kind of in this position of like you know, I have, um, you know, I have a friend who is a gay Eagle Scout, and I can't imagine looking at Billy and saying, "Well, he shouldn't be an Eagle Scout." Right. Right. Yeah. And so, um, 
and 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 that made and that's what scouts was that's what they were saying. Someone like Billy should not be in scouting. Period. Which, could yeah, never be an Eagle Scout. Which seems contradictory, at least to the experience you talked about, which is all manners of people, different challenges. You were in the troop together. You you hiked together. You created together. You learned together. And for some reason, this other human being, for whatever that person's makeup is, however you want to view it, yep. um, they cannot be part of that experience or shouldn't have been part of that experience. Um, and did he feel that while – of course, it wasn't an outward policy, right? So um, – I mean, it was the, it was time the age of the military of don't ask, don't tell, right? right? Yeah. I think it was very much like that in scouting yeah. as yeah. well. And not that we followed military policy, but yeah. it was but just you, kind of... But th- you didn't have any scouts that came out while they were in the program and the troop leader said, you're out. And, and this was like the mid-90s too, right? Oh, yeah. like, so, so yeah, not a lot of people talked. People didn't talk about it, especially in the teenage years. I mean, this was about time right before you started having kids too, Mm -hmm. right? So this is kind of the same. Yeah. And like you were very ahead of your time to be addressing um, same-sex marriage. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, that's to be for marriage quality, to be fighting for that and asking for that. Like was ahead of your time. And so we were having this conversation. This was probably before Ellen even came out on TV. Yeah. Maybe, you know, it's all, it's so many layers and stages there, but, um, um, yeah, I do, I do think a lot of that came, came, I, for me, a lot of that came from my fall from religion, right? Is it was one of those things that didn't line up. There was cognitive dissonance for me. And that one just, it it was like a spotlight. I said, Oh, that, you know what? I have no other reason for that other than that. I'm out. Yeah. Um, and there were other things too, yep. but you're right. It, it, there wasn't a lot. There wasn't, uh, it doesn't have the same sort of dialogue it does now. It's still difficult, but um, yeah, like many other things, especially in the 80s and the 90s, it wasn't discussed at all. Mm-hmm. So what'd you do? I mean, so you know that you, you, you found out about the policy and Boy Scouts tripled down. I remember it being everywhere at the time. Yeah, so I decided that I was going to gather up all my Eagle Scout materials, and I was going to mail it to the the national office. And um, before I did that, I called my scout leader, Larry, who I hadn't really been in touch with. Local guy? Not uh, like a state or national? From Union City, Ohio, right? He was my my scout leader. Like, I'm hiking with him all over Ohio, Indiana. And you get close with those people. People. Yeah. I just was at an Eagle Scout ceremony oh, like really? two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. And I could see the sort of, I've known this guy, like I could, the troop leader was talking about this, uh, a friend of Ben's who was getting his Eagle badge. Um, and, um, the guy, you know, I've known uh, the Eagle Scout leader. I've known him since he was, you know, this oh, old yeah. and we've traveled. Here's all these pictures I have of him from the age of seven all oh, the way yeah. to from him. a kid to a man. Yeah. Right? right. Exactly. So, you know, uh, and so I called up Larry first. Because I wanted to tell him what I was going to do. And mm. I wanted to tell him that I was, um, that I really, I was doing it because of what I learned in Scouts. You know, that I valued and honored and the, the, what we accomplished together as a troop and what we worked towards. And, and I wasn't rejecting those experiences right. by hope, turning in my badge. I was doing it because of those experiences right. to honor those experiences and what we work towards. As it's a consistent with those experiences. Yeah. yeah. It was, and what you believe the values to be. The scouts had it become hypocritical. I feel like at the time for me to, to not do that. Mm-hmm. Right. So I gathered up my materials and Larry, Larry was not the most 
happy. He actually said, before you do that, why don't you call the national office? Hmm. So I'm like, all right, Larry, I'll do that. I'll do that for you. Right. So I uh, call up the national office the next day and I tell them what I first I'm asking them. I asked them why they have this policy. And they said that, well, we voted uh, on it and we that our board decided that would not be gays and scouts. That's a horrible term. I just like there would not be gay scouts, right? Yeah, and that's their that's their language, pretty yeah, much, right? That's what they said. And um, and so I'm like, well, who voted on it? I'm like, well, we can't tell you that. There's like this uh, undisclosed board, and like, well, we did a we did a survey of our members, and <laughs> uh, and the survey members don't want uh, gay people and scouts. And I'm like, well, can I see the survey? And I'm like, no, you can't. Well, yeah. where, where was this? Where was the survey? Was it like on um, IHateGayScouts.com or like you know? <laughs> what matter. were the questions? What was the survey group? Yes. And like, well, I can't tell you any of that. So I'm like, let me get this straight. You, your your secret committee uh, made a decision based on a secret survey, and to exclude a complete population. Of people, right? And I can be a bit of a smartass sometimes, but I feel like I was trying to be really kind of not a smartass. Yeah, guy hung up on me. Really? Got hung up on. Gone. Like you know, a scout is trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, truthful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. Right? Hang Click. up on me. Click. Yeah. You know. Wow. And so then I, I told Larry, I hung up on, and I mailed my stuff. And, and I wrote a blog post about it, just like a blog post, yeah, you know, right. like, um, blogs used to be like a bigger thing then yeah. than they are now. And, you know, some people read my post and then, um, I, I also, the, the, the Huffington Post picked up the blog post and put it on the front page of the Huffington mm, Post Yeah, when the Huffington Post was probably a bigger deal too. Right. Yeah. And, and that's when I found out about and it, it blew up, right? Yeah. You know, it was I mean, I don't know how hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands yeah. of comments, the w- supportive comments and just the worst that you could possibly imagine. Yeah, yeah. And then I get, I start getting media requests and I got one from talk of talk of the nation mm-hmm. on NPR on NPR. Yeah. It's a live, it used to be a live show mm-hmm. like at noon and they asked me if I want to be on the show. And I'm kind of like, I mean, it was, it wasn't even like I like stood up and said like, I want to be yeah. the person. And you weren't on stage in a national meeting. No. You were sitting in your house, on, made two phone calls. Yeah. Right. That were private phone calls, and I posted a not private blog. But like, it wasn't like there's that many people following me on my blog. But I think it would yeah. become something this big. But you were being an activist. You, you said, look, um, which we'll touch on this in a little bit, but you said, I am a Boy Scout. I'm an Eagle Scout. And... I am unwilling to carry those those badges. I'm unwilling to be part of that group while this policy exists. Yes. Which I asked that question about, and we'll go back to what happened yep. here, but I asked that question about churches. Mm. I asked that question about organizations. When it, what do they have to do for you to step away and say, I'm no longer going to participate? So put a, put a bookmark in that. Yeah, well, I, I think it's an interesting question. And, and, and so when I'm speaking out about this, too, there, there were people like, well, why don't you try to fix the organization? And that's a good point. Why, what, you know, when do you stay in an organization? When do you stay in a church or whatever? Yeah. And 
Don't just to, leave. Try to bend it towards, yeah. you know, justice, right? Right. Yeah. Bend it towards what's ethical. Yeah. Or, you know, to me, I was no longer really in the organization to begin with. And so this is the one way I could impact it. Right. And because right. I, I wasn't going to change it from the inside. It's not it like you, you turned off your membership to the YMCA and stopped giving them money, which yeah. would be more of a, the, the sort of church participation or, or, uh, organizational participation. You were done with yep. Boy Scouts. Yeah. So I, but it was like, a statement. Yeah, I think it was a statement, but I didn't expect it to be elevated all of a sudden to the yeah. level that I was. And on this live show for an hour, it was an hour long show. Phone calls, questions. People could call in and I was like sitting here in Muncie, Indiana, where we record the Facing Project show now. And I was like super nervous, you know, because yeah. it's live, live radio. People could say anything. Yeah, that's scary. And, uh, you know, a lot of people were equating, well, um, well, if you have gay scouts and scout leaders, it's likely that, you know, the, the boys will be molested. And I'm like, how are you equating gay with child molestation? Yeah, right? that, that was a, that, that happened a for thinking. quite a while. Yeah. 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 And so I got like the worst, I got awesome comments of support and Billy, um, who mm. I was telling you about earlier, mm-hmm. he listened to it and he then decided himself to turn in his Eagle Scout badge. He hadn't, he hadn't done that, mm. which is, you know, and, and so I felt like I shouldn't be on that, on that stage because I wasn't almost, I wasn't, I wasn't gay. Right. Almost Billy. I'm not saying he should have done it, but he would be a more likely representative to, of the Eagle Scouts to say enough. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, but the, but for some reason I ended up there. And I was hesitantly kind of stepped into that yeah. and, and spoke out. And I'm, I'm really glad I did. You know, there was other people who were definitely kind of part of this pushback against the scouts and movement. But, you know, fast forward, uh, you know, five, seven years now it's been. Mm-hmm. And um, the scouts have really come a long way. Yeah, they they've, have. They've come a long, they've become, um, now they don't have the policy of exclusion any longer at all mm-hmm. and now they welcome um you know any gender into scouts yeah. as well like yeah. uh, girls my daughter harper could be yeah and scout she'd probably be a pretty badass scout she she really would be <laughs> as much as she loves the outdoors like you and yeah. someone told me like well you know you can actually email the scouts and for your stuff back hmm. and so i sent them an email with my address never heard anything from them and then, like a couple weeks later, I get a package in the mail, and it's your—it's my Eagle Scout stuff. Wow! They kept it and kept your name on it. So, as disappointed as I was in the organization for all those years, yeah, that's somebody that's there. Great, yeah. His heart was in the right place, and just didn't throw that in the dumpster. Yeah, right. Yeah. What an wow! What an ending to that story. I didn't know they'd send it back. That's great. Yeah, this is a conversation I've had, so I will say it at least as anonymously as I can, that we, I, we've had this discussion about the Catholic church, hmm. right? So like any church, there's positive and negative that can happen, right? There's lots of things. Um, you know, some of my complaints about any religious organization, no matter whether it's, you know, Christian, Hindu, whatever it might be. Um, I have lots of those sorts of critiques. The Catholic church has earned a, a boatload of criticism a global amount of criticism, right? If you've seen the movie Spotlight, have you seen Spotlight? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That alone should be yeah. enough that you you think about sending your your uh, your your uh, rosary back yeah. to Rome, 
as a as an example. And a lot more has happened since then too, right? And like, a lot more has happened since then. Yeah. None whorehouses or it's whatever. It's it's, it, it's enormous yeah. the amount, right? And then um, I have since since then, even within my realm of friends, have found out about more. Mm even in areas I'm familiar with, not just happening in New York and Ohio and Philadelphia. Wow. And the numbers in Ohio were dramatic in terms mm. of uh, abuse by priests. But so this discussion came up about activism and my wife and I questioned and said, we're done. I wasn't in the Catholic church and she hasn't been for years, but she was raised there. So all the great things that come from it. But the question comes in, when do you decide to say, I am no longer Catholic, I will no longer be part of it, and I'm going to stop giving money to mm. it. Um, I read in Chick-fil-A this week, right, mm. back in the news, that they're still funding yeah. um, organizations that um, are against marriage equality and, yeah, like and the against owner. the LGBTQ. Yeah. Well, and that's where I thought it was. But our friend JR posted, it's not just the owner. Oh, the wow. organization is spending money funding these these yeah. these. Uh, um, so you have to ask yourself, when do you stop funneling money into this hate, no matter how it gets there, right? So you're giving money to the Catholic Church, and the Catholic Church is then using that money in all these different f features and functions where the core of the Catholic Church, in my mind, is corrupt mm. and maybe criminal in so many mm -hmm. situations, right? Yeah. I'm surprised Ohio itself, if you go look up the well, the know. abuse in Ohio and what a, the... I was, a cat, I was an altar boy in a Catholic church in Ohio. Yeah. No, I was in Indiana, just across the state line, actually. Just barely so in Ohio, <laughs> yeah. Um, but the numbers there are pretty dramatic, and you could make the case the governor of Ohio should say, the Catholic church is out of Ohio. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know legally how that would work, but but activism. When do you make the choice to say, I'm going to stay in and try to change it? And then I ask, okay, what are you doing? Are you talking to your priest? Are you talking to your bishop? Are you talking to whoever? Are you talking to the, the board of the Boy Scouts to find out why they yep. made the decision? Or do you just participate and be patient? Mm. Uh, and that's what I was, that's what we, Karen and I were told a lot is, you know, the Catholic Church, it's a big ship and it's going to take time to turn yeah. it. And, and uh, I look back at Martin Luther King mm. protesting or. Uh, you know, those who fought against slavery. And I go, just be, just be patient, Dr. King, just yeah. be patient. It's going to take a while. It'll change, but maybe it's going to take till 2010 for this to really happen. And the answer was no, it's worth protesting. Mm -hmm. It's worth fighting. The question is, is what's worth fighting for yeah. you? And that's a hard question. But is it enough just to not belong to that organization anymore? You know I mean, it's, I think that's a step, right? You're not, you don't support the organization anymore, yeah. but, but you know, is that activism or is activism actually then stepping outside of that organization and, and, and then like railing fighting. against that organization? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I wonder that too, when you talk about like your, the friendships of yeah. that you've, 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 you, I think disassociated, that, I think it's like a social activism in terms of like, confronting that person yeah which is not easy i don't know if i've ever done that in my yeah, life right yeah unfortunately right? right yeah um with with someone um but is it enough just to be like hey i'm cutting that person out of my life right or is that just kind of is that more like i don't know passivism you know what i mean like, it, it it is a little it is a little passive aggressive because it is um i'm not going to uh i'm not going to be part of your life and you're not going to be part of mine um yeah, I don't know. Activism in that circumstance would be to confront and fight. Um, and it's, 
I don't know. Maybe it's just so overwhelming because the amount of homophobia and racism that I see as a white guy mm. is overwhelming. It's a lot. It's a lot more subtle than it used to be in the '80s. People used, you know, uh, words and names for homosexuals that were any. Well, it wasn't even LGBTQ then, right? It was yeah. just gay people, and they had words for that, which we all know. Yeah, um, which I was called <clears throat> for the Boy Scout stuff. I mean, even in, yeah, in the early, mid of course, two, you know, late 2000s. Yeah, I was too because I was in band, right? It, it, it was more of a cut down than it was a classification. Yeah. But but people that were gay. And coming out that way felt that word as well as, uh, you know, just like in the seventies and the sixties, the N word was used all the time, but it's gotten to be much more subtle now. So then you've got friends that, um, you know, will say something about the true nature of Mexicans. Yep. Well, but you know, those Mexicans, they, this, or, you know, black people, they're always like this, or they don't have separate water fountains, right? It's a little grayer, but you and I know it when we see it. Yeah. And, and, and you want to speak out against it and you want to either disassociate or you want to fight it. But, um, I don't know. It's hard. How, when do you do those? I mean, I think you can almost be an activist in the conversation. So like last summer I was working, uh, some helping out my parents own a construction company Mm -hmm. and, and some of the folks I grew up doing this, I grew up building trusses as a kid and, and some of the guys that were working there, you know, they would crack certain jokes Yeah, and and like you know, I have to work with these guys like all day. Yeah. And so just to call them out on it. But what I've tried to do, and maybe this is because I'm, I'm, I don't know that extreme or or I don't know. But like, I would often try to have them see, be, have more empathy for the person, the the people that they just belittled. Right. Right. Well, you know, it's, it can be hard for, you know, or what would this must be like or that. You know, yeah. just over time just to try to get them to see and i wasn't just like calling them out on their their bullshit yeah because just that's like ending the relationship and this guy's carrying right. boards around me all day yeah like, you got like you're part of it plates on it right yeah and i have some of that at work too yeah I, I, you want to stop and go hey so-and-so you're a freaking racist and you know what unless it has to do with work get away from me everybody around me and everybody knows that about you. And guess what? It's not working for you. I mean, I could do that, but guess what? Three hours later, I'm in a meeting, right? I have to, this is part of everybody's life, right? And, and how do you fight against the good thing for you and the boy Scouts where you, it's an organization you were part of. It's something that um, was core to the organization. It became something they made a public policy about and doubled down about, um, and I'm trying to think of, I mean, we go to the Unitarian Universalist Church, right? And so if there were the sorts of things happening in that organization, I, I do believe I might quit and then fight mm. against them. Yep. Um, uh, that's a really good question because that is activism. Yeah. Activism is, is more than just voting with your money. It's actually doing something about it. I, mean, I, th- I think the work that we do with the Facing Project is kind of um, activism, right? Like right. it's trying to create awareness. It's not like directly in your face activism telling people why they're wrong right yeah. it's introducing other people's lives and lived experiences and, and points of view that you hope you can be that step yeah. for that person who who doesn't have empathy for an entire group of people or is excluding right. people or making racist remarks well it's like you said it's well let me tell you about somebody and how hard it is to be in this specific situation and we say it in the mission statement the revised new yeah. mission yeah, statement yeah. But um, is to create change. We yeah. want to we want to create change in the world and stories that inspire action. Right, right. and but, yeah. 
But then maybe that we're just like less built that way, right? I think it is great to have people who are painting signs that protest and do know the chance yeah. and can come up with these chants and hit the streets. Right. I feel like that there's room for all of that. People who are their everyday activism is like just trying to take that person the next step and, and not yeah. necessarily directly challenge them in that conversation, but help them try to see from a different point yeah. of view. Cause if, if someone says something racist and like you are a racist asshole, like right. they're just going to be, yeah. Defensive. Yeah. Right. Can yeah. you help get them that next step so they become a little bit less of a racist? Yeah. Asshole? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And maybe that's the key. We need to be empathetic, informed activists um, that are willing to stand up and fight for something. I'm also really glad that there are people who do die-ins, like they pour blood on themselves and stand out in front of a place, and that like really like make a point. Of like, you know, so yeah. I, that's a, something I came across in the research and where am I wearing this group of uh, labor rights activists would do die-ins outside of like JCPenney and stuff, right? Like yeah. that you see that and it, like Ashley Piper, who we talked to, right? right? She mm-hmm. came across activists at the mall and yeah. that completely set her on this trajectory. Yeah. So maybe I would never do that. But maybe it helps get me that next step mm-hmm. to where I will find my way and um, the thing I'm going to be active about. Right, and, right. And, and just as part of that journey. So yeah. I think there's room for all people like that. Yeah. Well, I'm certainly glad there was. I mean, people in the civil rights movement in the United States put their lives at risk and often died for it. Um, and it was worthwhile to do. I don't think, well, I'm sure there might be some people, but I don't think anybody looks at that and says, ah, I don't know what they're getting so upset about. Um, we all know why they were upset yep. and we can watch movies about it and make ourselves feel good that we don't have that sort of judgment. But those same things are happening right yeah. now and we need to pick something and, and fight for and it. And I have some level of guilt that I'm not out there protesting these sure. horrible things that exist in the world right yeah. now. Right. Yeah. There's so much it's uh, it is, but I think that's the point of the podcast, right? Is we're, I, I, you and I, as you and I think through it, other people are thinking yeah. through it too. Um, and it's, it's a challenge. And, and I, Go back to know why savers. Like their tagline: if you're if you're um, if you're if you're comfortable, you're not listening. Right? Is that what it is? I, I think, think that's right. Like that. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me get back to the uniform. We'll wrap up with why I'm actually wearing 22 years later yeah. my Boy Scout uniform. Please do. Yeah. So um, last night I busted out the uniform first off to see if it would fit, and and it does. And it, right? it does. Yeah. And I had my life badge on there which is the rank right before eagle so i got out tiny little scissors cut off my life badge and then i i went to my wife annie and like do you think i can sew this back on is it that hard and she's like i will do it because you'll do a shitty job of it right <laughs> <laughs> so uh, sounds very sexist i made my wife sew on my eagle scout badge. you were both solving the problem together she's just better than yes you. right yeah. so she sewed it on and then it was you know there for me to put on today so i put it on today um and i just came i worked to a funeral today mm. so my friend brad doherty um his son christian about two years ago came like down with a um brain tumor just out of the blue like horribly sick and how old was he when he, he was, was diagnosed six 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 or seven and so he um had the last two years have really been a struggle for their family, but they've kind of become this nexus of giving. Brad's been really open and sharing his experience and, and, Mm. and people have given so much like 
like money to help to them, them out mm-hmm. because they were really struggling like financially before all this happened. Yeah. And now, okay, spend all your time at the hospital an hour and a half away from your home and take time off of work. And you were struggling to make ends meet before. Now, what are you going to do? Right. And, 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 but um, you have no choice, but to follow that path. Yeah. All of us would. And Brad has, in a, in a weird way, it's almost like before he was kind of a stressed, I think a stressed father of like four, four, four kids. He was an entrepreneur and just started up a business that has his own stresses to it. Mm-hmm. And you could just see him kind of walking around with that stress. And, and with this in his life, with his son being sick, like deathly sick, there were some really, really bad times. And a lot of it's been really bad. But his demeanor's almost changed to the point where he seemed happier in some ways. Hmm. Where he... Um, he would share on Facebook every single day about a happy thing that happened in their lives. And he was just like appreciating the little moments and the most important thing mm-hmm. in life. So I would see him at the, at the caffeinery, which is the local coffee shop and say, yeah. Brad, what are you doing today? And everyone, everyone else would say, I got this meeting, this meeting, I'm going to do this and that, you know, they talk about their work. Right. And Brad's yeah. like, I think we're going to go take the kids and go to Ivanhoe's today and get some ice cream. And so mm-hmm. they get the strawberry shortcake back in season now. So we're going to do that. Or we're going to go mm-hmm. see this movie or we're getting some palm trees cause we're making our backyard Hawaii. Yeah. We're going to put those up. He changed from anxiety to joy. Yeah. yeah it was yeah. just. At a, at a time that your anxiety should be the highest possibly, but maybe yeah. it had the opposite impact on it him. Just, I mean, he was still definitely stressed out. And there was times that were really tough in that, in that, in that two years. And, you know, here's the crazy thing. I, I haven't told, I don't know if I told you this ever. I don't think I've told a lot of people that one day he came into my office because we share, mm-hmm. a, a, we work in the same office building. He came into my office and he shut the door and said, like, I want to talk to you. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I'm like, what's this going to be about? Mm-hmm. And um, he's like, I know that because we have gone through some health insurance changes with, you know, Griffin, you know, right. intensive therapy your, for your autism. Own, your own kids, right? Yeah. yeah. And he's like, I know that you guys deal with a lot with health insurance and that's really stressful for you guys. And I just wanted to do this for you. And he hands me $200. Brad whose son is dying with brain cancer, who financially, like, his future is uncertain throughout this whole process. Has no idea how many zeros are going to be the end of the bills that he's getting. Wow. Hands me 200 What did you do? I had not heard that story. I didn't know, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. You I know, know, like, I, I kind of felt like he probably needed $200 more than me. At that time. I don't know, but, like... I just said thank you. Yeah. And and I think that's That's am- that's amazing. That is that is that is giving that's like the true meaning of giving. It's like somebody he perceives somebody needs it more than he does, and, even and, though he doesn't have it. And the and the regardless of the money he's even thinking about me. Oh yeah, any of it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Like he's just taking the time to worry about other people, right? Yeah. But he became so much more other people focused Mm. in all of this um and you know i think one of the lessons that um brad taught me is that you know sometimes you're this vehicle of other people's giving right people felt so powerless wanted to do something for brad and his family and it made them feel good about themselves and they they did this good thing for Brad and they loved that what he was, their family was giving them by showing mm-hmm. them what was the most important thing mm-hmm. in life. Right, right. Right. 
and so it's just been a really remarkable journey for them. But um, you know, last and week. yeah, and his so the so then the Boy Scout uniform. His son was an honorary Eagle Scout. Yes. Yeah. Right. So just you know, Christian was spent the last three and a half weeks in the hospital, and mm-hmm. um, that Brad did a post where some scouts, uh, a scout leader, um, had um, reached out to him, and he wanted to make him an honorary Boy Scout. And I actually met the guy today. So I wore the uniform today because because Christian was an honorary Eagle Scout, and I'm an Eagle Scout. So right. my badge on showed up there. Right. And Brad actually walked out of the the line was there, and he actually walked back the waiting line to come see me because I was wearing my, mm. you know, he, he'd asked people to wear superhero costumes because Christian loved superheroes. Yeah. Yeah. And so there was a lot of superheroes running around there. And so, you know, I wanted told Brad, I was there to honor a fellow, you know, fellow Eagle, Eagle Scout. Scout. And, yeah. um, multiple people came up to me today and thanked me for, for being, I was just, it was uh, the guy who made Christian honorary Boy Scout stopped me. And like, we were both like, Oh gosh. You know, yeah. It was right at the, after the service and yeah. we were both like Affected. In, in tears, um, about it. But so that's, it's, I mean, it's kind of unrelated to our activism, but you know, Boy Scouts did send me my Eagle Scout badge, which I eventually sewed back on cause for I've, him. I've yeah. proud of the steps that they have made. So I asked for it back and then I'm just really thankful that I had it, that yeah. I could wear it and just for today, just for today, I love that. 22 yeah. years later and I could wear it. I would love to have Brad on sometime. We, yeah, we ought to see if we can get him. I, w- I would like to hear about that transformation of giving. That's a giving transformation. Oh, that, yeah. I mean, uh, he has an original story. And he's changed other people's. Like, he shared today, like, people reach out to him, like, we see the positivity in your family and how you guys embrace life. And I was thinking about killing myself and and I decided that there's another way, right? Wow. Yeah, just we, like remarkable stories like yeah. that, just because of the attitude that they, and yeah. Christian too, like, you know, he was, um, not, not really healthy, but he certainly seemed to be full of joy and, hmm. and positivity and just the way that the, the grace with which he handled this terminal illness at his, at his young, at his young at age, eight too. years old. Phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll have Brad on. That'd be a good too. one. So. Well, thanks. That was a, that was a packed, that was a packed wow. episode. 42 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So hopefully everybody stuck I around. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And we didn't even have beer this time. No. The words are probably a little bit less slurred than usual. Yeah. We'll have to go shopping next time. Well, Jay Mormon, you're good people. Kelsey, you too. Thanks for listening to the Good People Podcast. Special thanks to my friend Jay Mormon for co-hosting and to Cliff Ritchie for the great tunes. You can listen to Cliff on Spotify or find him at cliffritcheyart.com. Let's keep the good going. Please share, rate, and subscribe. We'd love to hear from you. Visit KelseyTimmerman.com slash good people to find show notes, suggest guests, learn more about my books, and tell us about the good you are doing in the world.